Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your Welcome to another podcast episode. We are talking again to Mr. David. Uh, he's uh, the owner of uh, Stay With Dave, a um, property management company out of Los Angeles. Uh, we're doing part two today of diving into the weeds of, uh, of Airbnb operations. So David, welcome uh, back to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We had Absolutely. a great conversation on the first one and you know, yeah, love, yeah. Uh, love talking to you about this about this wild game. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. And uh, just to uh, recap, last week we we really really dove into operations. We did the podcast a bit different. Normally, I'm the one asking questions. Uh, Dave approached me. He was like, "Hey, man, like I want to ask you some questions." So, yeah. uh, so that's what we did in uh, part one. If you didn't listen to it. Go ahead, listen to it uh, now before you listen to this one. This is part two. We're going to talk a little bit more about operations, uh, but also we're going to touch on regulations because that's a challenge in uh, in the Los Angeles area. But in many markets, it's either a challenge now or it could become a challenge in the future, right? So it's important to stay ahead of the of the game when it comes to that. But uh, before we dive into it, Dave, give us a give us a recap, man. Like we I, we've known each other like seven years. You've been yeah. in the business for a long time. What's your story? Give us the elevator, uh, the elevator pitch. Well, let's say tall building, right? A hundred floors. So you got a couple <laughs> minutes. Well, I was doing a lot of uh, comedy, stand-up, acting, a bunch of other things, and the short-term rental game fell on my lap about seven, seven and a half years ago, and uh, that's when we met. I was doing the arbitrage model the entire time. So I had up to 50 uh, arbitrage units, five zero. Uh, then when COVID hit, we, you know, it, it was the biggest meltdown in, in tourism history and had a bunch of issues and problems. And um, by uh, in the next two weeks, we're going to, we're going to be down to about 15 units. So one five. And now we're looking to build up in the management model instead of the arbitrage model. So we've got all the systems um, and we've got the experience and, and now we're looking to really move up quickly uh, in management. And then that's where I came back. I was in Legends, what is it, STR Legends? STR Legends Mastermind, yeah. You were in, uh, in Cartagena in Colombia right before, right before COVID hit. Exactly, like three weeks before COVID hit, I was in STR Masterminds. For some reason, none of us, uh, anticipated uh, COVID during our, our, our week-long, uh, you know, mastermind. Now I've decided to to come back and get back to basics, and I'm taking Legends X, 
because this is going to be the first time I've never managed any units. We've done everything for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we want to take all of our skills and, and um, our, our customer relations and everything that we love and do it for others. And so I'm starting back at, at you know, at, at the basics in Legends X. Yeah. You know, and I see that you've done you, uh, management, you uh, own your own stuff. I don't think you, you guys have done arbitrage. Right. I, uh, I personally, I personally, well, I, I rent, I do arbitrage on the, on a hotel, small uh, hotel, right. In, in Egypt, right. like that's, we, we rent it and then we re-rent yeah. it on Airbnb, which was actually a pretty good business until COVID hit as well. Yeah. Uh, we're, it's picking up now, actually. Is that the kite surfing? One? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're making money on renting out the rooms, but we're, we're making most of our money by, uh, by selling uh, kite surf courses and renting out the equipment. Nice. But yeah, we rent that thing for like a couple hundred bucks a month. It's kind of crazy. It's like so cheap there in Egypt. But yeah, no, I've never, I've never really scaled like any arbitrage business. You know, that's what Eric was doing, right? So when I, I learned most of that stuff from Eric, just kind of seeing how he, uh, how he built that. But as you know, Eric shifted away from, from arbitrage uh, quite a, quite a while ago and, and he focused on management, right? Right, right. So you guys are, are focusing on teaching and and management and owning. Well, now we're mostly focused on uh, on owning, right? Because mm-hmm. that's okay. uh, yeah, that's you know, it's I mean, the management management model is cool, you know, make some uh, to make some money and learn the business and everything. But I think eventually, if you look at wealth creation, you know, over the last thirty years. Real estate's been the biggest wealth creation in the world, right? Anybody who bought real estate like 20, 30 years ago, you know, has has done really, really well, or even the last 10 years ago, 10 years, I'd say. So so yeah, I think uh, you know, our goal is now to create long-term wealth for ourselves. And we believe that the best way to do that is to is to actually own the assets. So especially with like, you know, like I'm sure you're aware what the central banks are doing, right? I mean, look at inflation, look at how much money is being created. If that goes on into the future, you want to borrow money and invest it in hard assets. Right. At least yeah. that's, that's, that's my philosophy. You don't want to hold on to uh, an asset that's being de- uh, devalued. I mean, you know, if you, if, if you get a mortgage now, for example, all right, or you find an investor to invest in, in assets, the money that you owe stays constant, right? You're you're paying interest or you're doing a revenue share, like however however you set it up. What's going to happen if 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 inflation keeps going the way it's going right now? Then what you owe is going to become less and less, but your right. your asset is not going to depreciate, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're and you continue to make money on the asset. Uh, exactly, cash flow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, you know, obviously we we managed to own our own units, right? That were uh, that we're purchasing. Maybe we uh, we will maybe we'll outsource some of the management in you know in the future because we're planning to buy like you know ten to twenty of these in the next uh, in the next five years or so. So um, I thought you were going to say in the next five months. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can scale that fast. So that's the that's the disadvantage of owning is that it takes a bit longer to you know yeah. to purchase these things 
versus is signing a lease, right? I mean, you can scale right. that pretty quickly, as you, as you as you know. Like you, I mean, how long did it take you to to get those fifty master leases? Yeah, it took me about six years. It took six years. Fifty. Six years. Yeah, to yeah. get to get to fifty, and then it it, it took me only uh, a year to get back down to fifteen. <laughs> It's, it's like uh, it's like yeah. it's like confidence, you know. It yeah. takes a long time to build, or no trust. Trust takes a long time to build, but you can lose it very quickly. Right, right. <laughs> and now, I know you. You were telling me your your guys's management company and or company as a whole has never had uh, an integrator like a one one operations manager, right? Yeah, you were you were asking me about an operations manager, right? So I don't have any experience like really hiring an operational manager um, like you are doing right now. I'm familiar, you know. I told you uh, my unit in Colombia. You know, yeah. my buddy is managing that for me, and I sat in his office for about two months when I was down down there to uh, to work, you know, on my stuff. But I, I got a pretty close look at you know how he operates his business and he what he did was exactly what you're doing uh, he essentially said okay instead of instead of doing you can't do everything yourself right so you got to hire people some people you know you you know rebecca she's built her entire team on virtual assistants right, right. but uh patrick who manages my unit he hired uh, somebody who used to work for uh, marriott so there's a lot of experience in in hospitality he was actually on the podcast too uh, he's an awesome guy, Harold. Shout out to Harold. Harold, okay. That's right. Yeah, and uh, Harold is the operations manager for Patrick, but he's on the ground, right? Okay. So you're you're looking at hiring a virtual operations manager. Virtual operations manager, yeah, because there are people like me who have their units, whether it's whether they're managing or they're owning, they have it scattered in different places and different cities. So the way I have it right now and the way I'm looking to build up is I've got units in, in different cities and different states. I've got my, my VAs who are our customer service team. So they take shifts and they work about in shifts about 18 hours, 18 to 20 hours a day, seven days a week. And then we've got our cleaners where most of them are cleaners and they do maintenance or their husband and wife team or somebody does maintenance and, and then they do errands as well. But then we also have some cleaners in some cities where we couldn't find the all-in-one package. So there are cleaners and then we have a list of like eight handymen and then we have people that can do errands but, and they're, they're very hard to find or sometimes the cleaner We'll do an errand here and there. Those are those are an issue. The ones that are not all in one, that are not totally invested mm -hmm. in, in that. So those we call our vendors. We have the customer service people and we have the, the vendors. The customer service people are in Philippines. The vendors are on the ground. None of them are our employees. So we need an integrator, We need, which is what I'm doing right now, who is in charge of the customer service, making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. If there's something that's higher level, taking care of it. I'm constantly checking our inbox threads to see if anything stands out. If I see a, a guest sending 30 pictures on Airbnb, I know that 
you know, there, there's a, there's an issue. I kind of want to like leave town, skip town, but I have to deal with it. So I'm going through that. So, and then also the vendors, they need uh, attention. They need attention. They need to have their job scorecard looked at. They need to, to talk to higher, a higher level manager person instead of dealing with the, with the customer service department. So I have actually brought on now uh, and we're training a virtual operations manager mm-hmm. who is, 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 is doing the same task for another company and is going to be doing it for me as well until we, we um, get to a certain amount of units, hopefully through the management model, and then he'll work full time for us. Okay, so he's not going to be working full time right away. No, he's going to be he's going to be available for for a, a good number of hours, but he's going to be working for another company where he's managing like 130 of their units. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the, but they've got a bigger staff, but he's he's the integrator for their company. So okay, so yeah, that sounds like a good person. Like if he manages 130 units, and yeah. that's a lot of experience. Yeah. Do you know the name of the company? No, not yet. I mean, I, I, I do. I don't want to give it out yet. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. I was like, hey, for 130 units, that might be a good, uh, good person to, uh, you know, to get into our mastermind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're another country. I can, I can give it to you off the, uh, you know, in person or off the air here. <laughs> right now we're still, we're still in, the, in the training phase and, you know, we're not 100% onboarded yet. So yeah. What's your, uh, what's your process to train this person? So what we're doing is we're doing the Loom videos that we're going to create together. I've got a 400-article uh, knowledge base mm. that we use to train our customer service people. So we're going through that. We're going through like my day-to-day activities. Through Legends X, one, one, of, the, one of the best things about Legends X was the job scorecard. Where that outlines everything and it leaves areas for the for the integrator for him for the operations manager to talk about what he thinks would be a success on a monthly basis so that we're on the same page mm-hmm. and and then we have kpis on there as well so the kpis we came up with for the operations manager is a certain median of uh of ratings of a 4.8 or higher for all the units and then a bunch of other things about on um where you know just like uh like stay with dave related things in terms of getting this done on time and making sure that my interactions with the customer service and the vendors is very very minimal and, and, and things like that but the incentive that we're that we're putting on there is the the overall rating score. Mm-hmm. So if the overall rating score is 4.8 or higher on a monthly basis, there's going to be an additional bonus incentive, yeah. which is really like, like, like uh, an idea that I got from Legends X via the job yeah. score. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. 
Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. Those are super powerful. Uh, we're actually going into our monthly review meetings. Um, and that's something that I highly recommend, like having that meeting every month with your with your operations manager. Because it's interesting, like since we started doing this and, you know, we've implemented this in our team uh, a while ago, but we've we've only recently started doing like the monthly reviews. And yeah. it's it's really interesting to see how that shifts the dynamic within the team. Like even for ourselves, like I I have my own monthly review meeting tomorrow. And so like a week, you know, last week or so, you know, I was like, oh, I got to look at that area where you put like, what's, what is, what does success next month mean? Right. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I got to bet. I got to, I got to like up my game on these areas. Cause uh, last time I got like a B plus, I want to get an E, A minus or like an A this time, you know? So it's even though like I'm the owner, you know, the co founder of the business, it still, it still motivates me to, you know, to do better. Right. Who, who goes over your job scores? So the way that we have structured it in, in, in our educational business. So Eric, myself and the COO, we all in pairs review each other. So Aaron and I review Eric, Eric and Aaron review me and me and Eric review Aaron, if that makes sense. But Aaron is, is, is your tech uh, person, right? Oh, that's our COO. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you you have an operations. That's uh, I mean that's for our educational education, right? Okay. We run two businesses now. <laughs> right. So so let me, let me ask you this. So for Idlewild and and the, the places that you own and you still manage a few, right? You guys together? No. So I I have a number of my own, right? I own three individual units. Okay. Like one in Colombia, one in Philippines, one in Thailand. Okay. I manage a small hotel in Egypt. But right. it's it's small, you know. It's a it's a five bedroom villa. It it doesn't take that much time. But free wild is the first thing that Eric and I actually do together. Oh, together, I I thought that Eric was still managing with you in in the U.S. In San Diego. Because because what happened is like when we when we went all in on this educational business. Like we recognize like you can't, it's really hard to build two businesses at the same time, you know? So, so we decided like, you know, the only chance that we have to really, really, you know, build this educational business is we got to put our hundred percent of our focus into it. Right. So, uh, so that's what we did. And I, you know, like I said, I, I still had some, some stuff going on, but I outsourced, you know, most of that. Right, yeah. like like I said, my unit in Colombia is managed by uh, by Patrick. Right before that, I was more involved in it. Do you, do you pay Patrick a percentage? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he's like my property manager. He's like what you're. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you're, he's doing everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like okay. I'm his management client. I see. Okay, so does does Eric still have his management business? No, he's his partner uh, 
you know, took that over one, oh, I see. you know, about a year and a half ago or something when we, uh, when we started building, uh, you know, the mastermind and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. That over. Okay. Yeah. So for when you guys build idle wild up and, and you're going to have, you know, five, 10, 15 other, um, places that you own, are you going to have a virtual operations manager like I am? Yeah, I think, um, one thing we recognize is that it's, you know, people in, in our, the type of markets that we are going into, people really look for more of a personal connection. You know, like if you're, if you're in a big city, if you, if you, if you run an Airbnb in New York, you go into New York for the weekend, you know, you don't, you don't really look for that connection. You just want fast internet. You just want to check in a smooth check-in. Yeah. You just want to have the info. You want to do your thing. You don't have to meet the host. None of that stuff, right? Yeah. If you're going to a small little village in nature, you're looking to disconnect and kind of forget about your, you know, all the all your worries in, in your day to day life, and get rid yeah. of your your phone for a weekend, and and just go back to the basics, like interact with human beings and being in nature. If you're looking for that type of experience, then I think we need a we need to secure that personal touch. Okay. Right. So I think the way that we're going to build it is I think we're going to have somebody that lives on all of our properties who's kind of like an innkeeper. Oh. And then that person is the is the is the host, right? Because right now Eric and I are the host. You know, right. we're we're doing everything, right? Because we're, you know, we need to figure everything out, you know, our markets are right. Like our, our our guests, you know, we're building the systems and and implementing the tech and and, and all that stuff. And all that. Okay. But what we're learning is, you know, people who travel to those for those experiences, they they like the personal the personal touch, right? So I think right. that's how we're going to structure it. Above those, so every property I think will have a like a, a host who's responsible for that property, but then. Right. Once we have like, you know, five to 10 of these, yeah. what we'll do is we'll hire a general manager who then is responsible for our, the portfolio. Okay. So that'll be like your operations manager. Exactly. So that will be, that will okay. be like the general manager that, that it sounds like you, you are, you hired. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're going to have like an innkeeper type of person. Okay. Yeah. Somebody who like lives in the, in the glamping village. Yeah, because we because the properties that we are going after are these are not individual units, right? Yeah, these are we we envision like ten to fifteen units, tiny homes per property. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna have are you gonna have like a, like a find like special characters like uh, you know uh, like a one legged woman who, who is are like, you uh, are you interested or <laughs> no? Like you know how a lot of these villages they have like this. Like the, the innkeeper is like this spooky, like woman who talks about like, you know, haunted. This place has, I've been here for 65 years. This place was haunted. Give you a tour, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about the one legged person. I am interested. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the way that we're going to do this, right? Obviously, we just started building this. Things can change, but that's, that's, that's how we're envisioning it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really useful. It's really convenient to have somebody on site, right? Because if, if there's any guest, guest issues or, 
whatever it is, it's it's good to have somebody on site. And if we're doing, you know, if we're doing like 10 to 5, 15 units on a, per property, then that's that's not too hard. You basically just reserve one of the units where yeah. that person lives, right? And, she, and she's going to be the or the whoever the the person who lives there is going to be responsible for the cleaners, the manager of the cleaners and the vendors and the plumbers and yep. and all that. But they're not going to be doing the messaging and the reservations. That'll still be like your your VAs. Yeah, I think the way I think about it is, you know, we'll we'll do the the revenue management. Uh, we'll do the you know maintaining the sites, the listings, like all of that stuff. I do think that uh, the kind of the standard messages will probably have a VA support on that. But yeah. if you know if there's a very specific question coming through, then she would still or she or he would then answer some messages, right? Run very specific uh, questions. Okay. And so there will probably here. be the listing will probably have a co-host. Either the virtual assistant would be the co-host, or it's one profile. But then the the virtual assistant, you know, would be in there, and the and the host would be in there under the same profile. So, not sure exactly how we would set that up. But yeah, that's the idea. Good, great. Can I ask you a little bit about regulations now? Yeah, let's let's talk about regulations for sure. Yeah, this is something that has really been a bottleneck for me here, and. This is basically the situation, and I'm sure like a lot of listeners and everybody I, I, I know for a fact, we're all in the same boat. What do property managers in places like Los Angeles do in terms of managing uh, short-term rentals? And I'll tell you the, the rules of Los Angeles, which a lot, a lot of cities have. It basically states that you cannot have a vacation rental unless you claim, or you cannot get a permit for a vacation rental, unless you claim that you live in the vacation rental for uh, at least six months. So it's really those that live part-time in the vacation rental are the ones that have an actual permit and can operate. So for us as, as property managers, are our choices limited to those that live in the, the home for, for six months at a time? Or are we just not supposed to, to do short-term rental management in regulated cities like this? What does Vacasa do? What do small property managers do? How do we manage vacation rentals in Los Angeles, for example? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, that's a big challenge. I mean, I think there's a couple of decisions that you have to make, right? Number one is, do you want to operate legally, right? Or do you want to operate in the gray zone? That's a choice that you have to make. I operated in the gray zone in, in Amsterdam for, for quite a while. I didn't like that very much. I don't really want to do that anymore because I don't like the idea that you know that at any point I could get fined and my guests will be will get kicked out. The police is going to put a, a new lock on the door. I don't want to have that type of experience. That's stressful. Thanks to the universe, uh, that never happens. But yeah, this is that's a decision that you have to make because some people are comfortable with kind of you know being creative and kind of operating you know on the edges of what's allowed and you know there's there's ways that you can that you can go around the rules. Like for example, 
in Amsterdam at some point, they had a rule that on Airbnb, you could only rent out for 60 days a year. So what people would do is like they would create multiple Airbnb listings, right? And they just put like, a, I don't know exactly how they manage it, but it was basically one house would be on multiple listings and they just book it up for 60 days on one listing and then the next one. And then they would just link the calendars, right? I'm, I'm not sure exactly how they, how they managed it, but I do know that that's, you know, people were doing stuff like that. People were also doing like, hey, we'll just do Airbnb until we reach our 60 days. And then we focus on all our platforms. Um, they'd have a direct booking website. You know, some people, some people would, what they would do is they would do like a, a mixed, uh, a hybrid model. They would do like for six months of the year, they would have people in there as a, a midterm lease, like students or construction workers or whatever it may be. It wouldn't be considered short-term rentals because they'd, they'd be in there for longer than 30 days. Exactly. But then like uh, part of the year, they would, they, would do, they would list it as a short-term rental. Oh, okay. Right. Just to get just to get around like those limitations. Look, if you find somebody who owns a home and that person is going to declare that they live in that in that unit uh, and they have their own Airbnb account, like I don't know what the enforcement is around it. Right. So that's another question that you have to ask yourself is like, okay, what's what's the enforcement like? But honestly, like, you know, if you ask me. And I can't decide this for you, but I would, I would, uh, you know, encourage you to think like, what do you want to build? What kind of business do you want to build, right? And how do you want to do you want to operate in that in that gray zone where there's a lot of uncertainties and you kind of have to go around the the limitations, or do you want to focus on markets where you're where you don't have those challenges, right? And for me, the, the markets that don't have those challenges are farther away than what I would like. Mm -hmm. So I guess my choices are be in the gray zone or go through a lot of hoops and hurdles in cities close to myself or take, take the model to a vacation city like big bear or you know the ones that are that are near me that that have um open uh, regulations and um have a lot more competition but then at the same time operate with a full legal license exactly right? yeah. that's pretty much it yeah that's i mean if i were in your your shoes i would just I would go on Google Maps or I would print out Google Maps. Yeah. And I would just like take a marker, a green marker, and I would just like color everything where it's legal. I would color green. Okay. You know, and then and then I would uh I would start doing some research. I would look at um I would look at those markets because you're you're talking about competition. Look, there's competition everywhere, right? But one thing that you have to recognize is that you're probably like a top 10%, top 5% operator, you know, because yeah. because most people don't go to masterminds. They don't go through coaching programs. They don't spend as much time, you know, perfecting the experience and, and they don't set, most people just don't set the bar that high. So whatever market you go to, you got to trust in the fact that you have the knowledge, you have the skills, you have 
you have everything to need you need to succeed in that market, regardless of who else is there. That's where you need to be coming from, right? Then you know, and and I'm not even talking about like building a vision and really dialing in your guest avatar, optimizing the experience. I mean, look at um, you know, look at the business that we just bought, the owners that were running it. You know, they didn't really have any 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 of that, right? I just interviewed somebody in Germany who told me that he he just took over a, a six unit property in a little village. And he said the only marketing they were doing, they had a, a vacancy sign on the road, yeah. right? So there's opportunities for sure, but you have to make a choice. And this is this is something that you're not the only person that's that's dealing with this right now, because there's a lot of people in you know in the bigger cities where there's either regulations in place or there's regulations coming. You have to make a decision, right? I prefer to build something sustainable, and I prefer to build it slower. Because if you're going to if you're going to markets that are further away from you, that's going to slow you down, right? It's it's harder to scale if you're you know if you're in different markets and they're further away. It's easier to scale close to home. Right. But you know that's that's something that uh, that you kind of have to accept, right? You have to yeah. make a choice. You could focus on one market. You could totally yeah. focus on one market. Uh, it doesn't have to be like multiple markets around you, right? Um, so I would look at the map and I would just say like, okay, what's what's a market that I really want to focus on? What's what's somewhere where I would like to be myself, where I can you know where I can develop a vision, where I can develop a a business where I think I can I can bring value to the community over the long term. Yeah. What okay. where is that market? You know, and that's what I would do. Yeah, it make it makes me really. I mean, I I, I put in my. In my vision with Legends X, I, I put Los Angeles and, and San Diego. But those are two really regular, especially Los Angeles, very regulated places. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep those options open for, for my neighborhood, but I'm really going to try to focus on a couple cities in which we already have one or two listings there. And we have a permit and is, is, is much more open. Uh, so we have like a small team there. One of them in particular is a much better team than the other team. But I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to really expand it to not just here, but the two cities that are maybe a couple hours away from us that are not regulated. And we have uh, a cleaner and a and couple handymen there already. What, what what are those two locations? Those are the Palm Springs area and Orange County. Yeah. And, and Orange County, like the beach areas of Orange County. Yeah. 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 So exactly. So if you already have if you already have like a couple of listings and some people on the ground, like why would you make your life difficult and you know operate in, in the gray zone if if you can pick one of those markets? Right. And and just I mean, I'd much rather just dominate one market than to be spread out all over the place, unless unless you're trying to build something that like Eric and I are doing. Our vision is to build like a, a eventually like a worldwide brand where we right. have 20 free wilds and we want people to visit us in one location and love the experience and then say, Hey, I want to go to another free wild. Yeah. Right. 
So next time I'm traveling, I'm going to see where the other free wilds are. And then I want to oh, stay yeah. there. Free wild Jamaica or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So think of, think of the Marriott, but then for, for short term, short term rental, small short term rental communities. Right. So it obviously it depends on what you're building, but if your vision is, okay, I want to, I want to manage like 30 to 50 units you know, and generate some income so that I can use that to invest in my, my own uh, real estate, um, then I'd much rather focus on one market and, right. and dominate, dominate that market yeah. versus trying to operate semi-illegally in different areas all over the place. It's, it's, it's going to be harder logistically because I have more people that I, that, that I trust that I'm close to in, in my city, but legally regulatory wise it's going to be it's going to be much better so i guess it's better to 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 find those good people in those other markets and you know like dominate like a smaller the smaller city like near palm springs and that already has a lot of competition as well there's big players there there's big players in any place where uh, as you know that that is that allows short term rentals so i'd be like going up against the casa and we haven't gotten there, but I, I think I'm sure we can touch on that next time. I'm sure there's a lot of strategies and, and pros to being like a smaller, high quality uh, player rather than like a huge company that has like 10,000 units. You know, like McDonald's is like managing your, your, your property instead of like, like, like the small, like, you know, five star focused like company. Yeah, have you ever stayed at a Focasa? Oh uh, no, not yet. No. Go stay at one. And then and then and then and then think again, like if you think you can beat them and you know. Was it no good? Which one did you go to? I stayed at a few, but I, I've stayed at uh I've stayed at Airbnbs that were that are managed by bigger companies. Okay. And you know, I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job or anything, but if you pick a small market, I would not be worried about competing against larger players or or at least just because they're a larger player, I don't think that's uh, a reason to be uh, worried because uh, because what we talked about before, I mean, people are more and more, especially in those smaller markets, people are more and more looking for looking for trust and unique experience, a personal connection and that's not always something that those those bigger companies can provide, you know? Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. In fact, I know a lot of hosts, well, a lot. I wouldn't say a lot, but I don't know I do know several hosts who have taken over units from larger players because they were because they were just not bringing the performance. Yeah, I assume that they just don't have the specialization to, to focus on, on on one or two players in a in a small market when they've got like a million other units to, to think exactly about. yeah yeah that's right that's right man well cool man well um i got some work to do but i learned like a, a tremendous amount i i, I think I'm, I'm definitely gonna gonna expand my vision now of the of the markets because of this because of this conversation awesome man well, i'm excited to see where you're gonna where you're gonna take this yeah we're just gonna you know we're just gonna go for it it's all there is to it that's all there is to it. That's right. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate you being in our in our program. Look forward to hanging out with you sometime. Hopefully, I'll be in the US uh, in the near future. So, and okay. if not, come down come down to Panama City, man. 
Okay, man. Either way, we're gonna, you know, sit down and and and, and watch you drink bottles and bottles of whiskey. <laughs> which is what you know, and I love watching. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Uh thanks for uh thanks for being the show again. This was part two of our uh kind of organic friendly conversation about uh about short-term rentals and and about your business. We'll uh we'll stay in touch for sure. Uh before we wrap up, let people know how they can find your units. Staywithdave.com, please check it out or check out my Instagram at staywithdave. Please uh write a uh, review and, and, and comment on this uh, podcast as well. For sure. Love yeah. We've, uh, we've been getting some reviews. Our listenership, how do you say that? Our audience is, uh, is growing. So that's really excited awesome. to see. How many yeah. of, of viewers do we have now on a, for like podcast average? Do we know? I mean, last time I looked, we had 135 uh, reviews at a 4.7 rating on average. That's just yeah. Apple Podcast. The thing is with yeah. podcasting, there's there's 20 different platforms. Yeah. So everyone listens in a different platform. But uh, yeah. I always look at the Apple Podcast. I think that's the main one. Do you know how many viewers you have? I mean, I know that there's we get about 20 to 25,000 downloads per month. Okay, that's great. Um, but that's uh, I can't see... I don't know how many people that is because some people will listen to every podcast. Some people will listen to a few there's, you know, so, um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're growing. And after having a famous person like yourself on the podcast yeah. twice, just you know, um, I'm telling you, uh, David Golshan is on the podcast. Let's go 300,000 views. Let's make yeah, this happen. I'm expecting to double my, my, the amount of listeners uh, pretty soon. So let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Awesome, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, to the cool. listeners, thank you for listening. And of course, we'll, Eric and I will be back on Friday with another uh, episode. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your if you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.